If it doesn't pay you, then it's not an asset. Your house is not an asset. A house is one of the dumbest, worst investments a human being could possibly make for one reason. You have to pay the house, the house doesn't pay you. And if it doesn't pay you, it's not a good investment. This is the whole premise on why Grant Cardone and many others don't think your personal home is an asset. Assets are things that make you money. Liabilities are things that don't make you money, but you have to pay. And when you think about it, it's a simple concept. Just buy things that make you money and rent things that don't. But why is it that people like me and other financially savvy people still buy a personal home? In this video, I'm gonna explain why I disagree with him on this one. But in order to be objective, I'm gonna present both sides of the case and let you make the choice. So we know the general definition of why Grant thinks it's bad, but let's look at a couple of other clips where he goes a little more in depth. What if a bunch of bankers sitting around drinking bourbon? Dude, we, we need to lend more money. We gotta lend money out, man. That's how we make money. We get people to give us a dollar. We lend it out nine times. I read that book when I was a kid, man, when I was 16 years old. So I totally agree with Grant that the bank system created the mortgage in order to sell more money. The book that I think he's referencing to in this clip is called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And if you read that book, you'll understand how the banking system came about and what actually is happening when you deposit money. Most people had the misconception that every time you deposit a dollar into the bank, it means that the bank can now go lend your dollar to somebody else and make interest. They give you 0.01% for your dollar, then they lend it out at 4%. But that's actually not what happens. Grant mentions that every time you lend them a dollar, it gives the bank $9 to go lend. And what he's referring to is the fractional reserve banking system. For a long time, what it meant was they only had to have 10% in reserves for the amount of loans they actually had out. So if they go and lend a million dollars, they need to have $100,000 in reserves. So by definition, if I deposit $100,000 into that bank, it now gave them the power to go lend a million dollars. But the thing that people don't think about is, where does that extra $900,000 come from? It's not like the bank got it from the depositors. The reality is that money is being created out of thin air. Much like how the stimulus money was just printed, the Federal Reserve has the ability to print even more money every time a bank go and gives a loan. And so this is one of the biggest ways to increase the money supply and in turn increase inflation. But most Americans have no idea that this is happening behind the scenes. But the crazy part is during the pandemic, they got rid of even that reserve. Now in order for the banks to go lend a million dollars, guess how much money they need to have? I don't even know, like, I can't even tell you that. Like That's right. Zero. The bank can go and lend as much money as humanly possible, as long as they have a product that the buyer qualifies for. It's pretty scary when you think about it that you depositing money into the bank really doesn't do anything. But nonetheless, the reason I bring this up is because I do agree with Grant that the banking system as a whole is pretty much just a scam. The government has been printing money far longer than we've realized. The stimulus and the pandemic have just brought it to the public eye more. So every time you do buy a personal residence, just know that you are feeding into the system, which Cardone obviously doesn't like. Personally, it doesn't bother me, even though I know that's how the game is played. It just kind of is what it is. We're all playing the same game and the rules are what they are. Another reason Cardone thinks you shouldn't buy a personal home is because we are becoming a renter society. We, we're moving into an environment where people People are gonna own nothing. People are gonna rent clothes. They're gonna rent yep. furniture. They're gonna rent cars. 
We're, we're not gonna own cars. It's already happening where people are leasing now more than they're owning. I also agree with this, that we are going to become a subscription-based world. I do believe you're gonna end up renting most of the things that you do today. People are going to stop buying cars once self-driving cars happen. These companies like Tesla, Uber, and Google are gonna be able to give you taxi rides for insanely cheap because they have self-driving cars, they don't have the cost of a driver. It's gonna be far cheaper than owning a car, and you don't have to deal with any of the liability or headache. And that's just one example where the world is going to change, and there are countless others as well. Houses were built for banks. They weren't built for, for people. They were built for banks. And, and, then, and then the people were lied to and said, oh, a house is a great investment. A house is one of the dumbest, worst investments a human being could possibly make for one reason. You have to pay the house, the house doesn't pay you. And if it doesn't pay you, it's not a good investment. Now, even though those are some good points, I'll add a few more that Grant doesn't mention. For one, if you do plan to move a lot or you just got a new job that you're unsure of, I think that renting makes a lot of sense. It cracks me up when I see a brand new athlete buy a home in the city that they're playing in. The odds in pro sports are that you are not gonna be in that city for more than a couple of years. So I don't know if I'd advise athletes buying homes in these cities that they play in, but if they wanna buy an off-season home, that's totally fine because that doesn't matter where they're playing at. But if you're working a job where you're constantly moving or you're trying to get a promotion that's in another city, then I probably wouldn't buy a primary residence. Another reason I wouldn't buy a primary home is if you had a skill that allowed you to make a great return on your cash. Maybe you're a really good crypto trader or maybe you wanna invest in your business and you have a choice. You can use the cash to do those things and make a lot of money or you can use the cash and buy a primary home and then not make money. In that scenario, I'm gonna say use the cash for your skill. But other than that, those are really the only times where I think renting is a better choice. Let's talk about where I disagree at and where buying a primary residence makes sense. I believe by renting, you're missing a huge opportunity on getting a low down payment owner-occupied loan. That was kind of a mouthful, but let me explain. When you are going to live in the house, you are able to get either a 3% conventional loan or a 3.5% FHA loan, or if you served in the military, a 0% down VA loan. That's a huge opportunity to own real estate with very little money out of your pocket. And if you're willing to hold it long-term, there are very few ROIs that are better than that. Think about it, let's say you bought a house for $300,000 today. If you got a 3% loan, you're gonna pay around $10,000 down. And let's just say in 30 years, that home is worth a million dollars now. And by then you've paid it off as well, so you've got a million dollar asset that only cost you $10,000 to get in. It's a pretty good return if you ask me. Another problem I have with it is you're missing out on appreciation. Let's do a quick test. How many of you have been renting for the last 10 years? If you have, leave a comment below because I'm really curious. My guess is you're getting extreme FOMO at this point. Throughout the last 10 years, everybody has been saying throughout different periods that there's gonna be a crash or a market correction. But instead, prices have just continued to surge year over year. I remember in 2011, I bought my very first house for $160 thousand I was 22 years old. My cousin and I bought it together and did a house hack. I ended up selling it two years later for about 215000 Take a minute and guess what that house is worth today. It's worth around $500,000. So in 10 years, this house tripled in value and I didn't even really get a good deal. In hindsight, it would have been better if I would have just bought it, rented it out and kept it this whole time. But I did gain some of the appreciation because even though I sold it, I would end up buying another one. I would let that appreciate, sell it, buy another one. 
and just continue to do it over and over again. But if you've rented this whole time, then you probably have a lot of FOMO. Another reason we're buying the primary residence makes sense is if you value it being yours. I may seem like a robot or unemotional sometimes, but here's the truth. I'm pretty sentimental to the things I do own. In our current house, I custom built our backyard. I've got a basketball court with the future flipper logo. I built our pool the exact way I wanted it. It's custom to my liking. And if you've watched my dream home videos where I'm building my new house on a mountain, then you'll see that I do value having things the way that I want them. But the reality is if I rent, that's just not gonna happen. I'm not gonna go spend all this money customizing someone else's house. And even though this may seem like frivolous spending, I do think it gives me a return. If I'm enjoying where I'm living on a daily basis, my mind is clean, I like what I'm doing every day, that in turn is gonna make me way more productive at work and allow me to make more money. So I'm a huge advocate of spending some money on where you live because it does play a huge role in your mental health and creativity. The other part I disagree on is it may not always be a liability as they call it. Maybe it starts out being your primary residence and yes, it's not making you money. But maybe a year or two later, if you bought it right, you decide that you want to rent it out and cash flow. Well, now it is making you money and you probably have very little money into it because you got a low down payment loan. The other way I look at it is I essentially am renting to myself when I buy a house. Right now, my current home, my mortgage is around $3,500. I were to rent it fully furnished, my guess is I could get $6,000 a month. And I know this because if I wanted to go rent a different house and rent mine out, I know what it would cost. It'd be a lot of money. So to me, knowing that, I feel like by living in my house, I'm getting a really good deal on my rent. Also on top of that, I bought it for $600,000 three years ago. I put some money into it, like I said, but as of today, it's worth around a million dollars. So I'm very happy that I bought it as a primary residence because I have options now. When it comes time to move into my dream home when it's built, I can either sell the home and make some money or I can rent it out at 6,000 a month and make cash flow. Doesn't seem like much of a liability to me. Another point I'll make is that if the market does tank, then owning real estate could potentially look bad. But both Cardone and myself have gone on record many times saying that we think the market is gonna continue to go up. So if you believe that, then it probably makes sense to own as much real estate as you can.